That's into right field. Long run for Pilar. And Pilar all out into foul territory to make the play. Bogarts with a drive out to right field. Judges back on it, and that one's gone. Against all odds, here's a high fly ball driven deep to right. Verdugo back to the pen. Leaps up. He caught it. He caught the ball. He took it back. And I will keep on waiting for a better day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the pesky poll podcast episode 62 how you guys doing today joining me today we have two somewhat familiar faces one you've seen way too many times and one you've seen only twice so starting with the guy who has been here way too much adam say hello to the people what's up guys and joining us also host of down to the wire second time he's on from bryant university which yikes but Brian Costa, Brian, what's up? Hey, hey, Dean is better. I mean, yikes. I mean, yikes is one way to put it, but I'm doing pretty well, man. How are you doing? <laughs> We're not doing too bad. So we have a jam-packed <laughs> episode for you guys. And this is going to be kind of interesting because this is the first time I've had people from three different podcasts on the same show. Two guys who I believe you guys have known each other for years now. Me and Adam, who have known each other for I'm one and a half years too many and then me and Brian, who met like a month ago. So Adam much, is yeah. obviously the odd man out. Adam, you got anything to say about that? I just got to say, I just started. <laughs> so I'm just here so I don't get fined. So like, <laughs> just, give, just give me a break and like, give me some time. I'm just a rookie. I'm just a kid. Just quit the hazing and we're going to rock and roll. Watch, this thing's going to take off and it's going to be, it's going to be glorious. Yeah. Adam's 15 episodes in. Brian, how many episodes are you into yours? I believe I've, uh, we did our 43rd episode this Friday. So 43, and I'm on 62. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Chugging along. so, yeah. You guys, you guys deal with that how you will. But make sure, before we even get started with anything, you guys go sub to each of these guys' podcasts because one talks about football and one is, Brian, more of a just all-around sports show, Correct. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll cover – if there's a big enough story in, in a sports league, we're going to cover it. Probably not soccer. Not really the biggest soccer guy. Just don't, no, don't like the sport. Uh, but if there's a, but if, if there's anything going on in the major four American sports, you better believe we're going to be covering it. Mm-hmm. I got you. So let's get right into our yeah. first thing. LeBron owns us again. For anybody who is a Celtics fan, yeah. from the years <laughs> 2010 to 2018, we know this pain all too well. Right, LeBron just turning us around and having his way. That's all I can go without being kicked off of YouTube. All right, he just turns us around and he has his way. And now it's official. He has officially owned us. So let me ask, what was the reaction for you guys when you first heard that news? This is the most obvious punchline there is that he owns a Boston team. <laughs> like, hey, I he owns the Raptors that, too. Like, it's, it's one of those things where the, the joke just tells itself when you see the headline. I saw it on Twitter first. It said, LeBron James now, owns, now partly owns the Boston Red Sox. I'm like, good Lord, this, is gonna, this ain't going to be good. Immediately, I get, a, I get a text from a Nets fan saying, oh, LeBron, James owns a, LeBron James owns the Boston team. 
was like, oh god. <sighs> yeah, I mean, apparently, apparently dunking on, apparently dunking on Jason Terry wasn't enough. I mean, he had to dunk on literally every Boston sports fan and just completely annihilate us. Uh, I. I had to. I mean, it took me a second because, because like you, you do look at LeBron and it and it's and it's like oh like like a really prominent basketball player now owns a team, but then it but then it just hits you where where it's like where you, it's just like oh geez like it's freaking LeBron James. Of course yeah. he did this. Notorious Yankees fan. I've said this on my last two shows at this point. If you want if you wanted to know whether LeBron James grew up in the '90s or not, the man is like like very openly he's a Yankees fan and a Dallas Cowboys fan. Where if you look throughout the '90s, you couldn't have a you couldn't have had a more winning like like two more winning teams and at that point in time so i mean that kind of, i'm not trying to say again what what kind of a person lebron is in terms of being a sports fan but you kind of have a clue when you when those are the two teams that he goes for the most exactly you know for us we're all just diehard teams we love our boston sports till the day we die all right i don't care if the boston if boston doesn't make the playoffs for 40 years every year you're gonna see me repping some sort of red sox gear Without fail, and I know it's the same for you guys, right? I mean, forty years, 100%. man. That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot of time. But no, I, I yeah, agree just just ask Cleveland Browns fans. What Cleveland Browns fans are you are you referring <laughs> to? Like, they all went away after twenty eighteen or twenty sixteen. Much. Yeah. What year yeah. did they go in sixteen? Twenty sixteen. Around then, something like that. I mean, like they have just been. Uh, I Deshaun mean, they, Deshaun they Kaiser. They were an abomination. I mean, they're they're you know Baker's looking a little is actually looking solid now. I think he has uh I think if he officially has more wins than he does State Farm commercials, uh but you know it it's pretty, yeah, but I mean so think the tide may be turning in Cleveland, but you know just for the longest time you know whatever fans were able to stay with that franchise you know God, God bless, bless them. Mm-hmm. Man, I feel I feel so bad for them, but I mean. If you look at this move by LeBron on base surface, it's it it stings us Red Sox fans. So we're like, well, okay, this dude has to own us some more. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, right, very very big name with obviously a ton of money can bring in some good ideas. Could could be a positive. Adam doesn't yeah, like no, that. It definitely has its, it definitely has its potential to be positive. And Adam, I'll I'll let you take it on in a sec. Uh, but you know, I, I guess since 2011, he's already he he already owned like two percent of Liverpool, be, and he's already been a part yeah. of Fenway Sports Group. So this this new this latest purchase, because of just how because of the volume that it is, gets him in this position. And from what I'm hearing from a lot of people, what I was from at least from what I was hearing on ESPN is that this move is kind of gearing LeBron up to eventually you know have a full team ownership later on in the future, and maybe like down the line he approaches the people approaches the investors at Fenway sports group and says, Hey guys, I want to own this football team or this basketball team. And like, I can bring you guys on board with it. And this can be another like ownership thing of Fenway sports group. That's what a lot of people think that this move is kind of setting up to do. Now I start now on ESPN, they were saying, they were saying something along the lines of, um, uh, Oh, he could then own a baseball team. And, and I'm just like, okay, that's illegal. Please no. And do you guys do you know, do you know why that's illegal? Hmm. So again, I, I, I have a pretty decent baseball history uh, and I was kind of just like refreshing myself on it today. And the reason that this is illegal is because in like the 1890s, there was, there, there were two teams. It was the Cleveland Spiders and the St. Louis Browns. Now the Spiders had some pretty good, had some pretty good names on there. There's, there was a, there was a guy on there. I don't know if you heard of him. His name's Cy Young. So, you know, kind of a, kind of a throw around yeah. guy. He's kind of been around, he's kind of been around the league, uh, but he was, but he was on the Cleveland Spiders, and their owner, their owner at the time, Frank Robeson, 
he ends up also he he get he also ends up getting ownership of the St. Louis Browns at the time. And what happened is because he owned both teams, he just turned the Cleveland Spiders into a feeder team. So any good any good prospect on that team immediately got shipped to St. Louis and any bad player immediately got shipped to Cleveland and they essentially became a major league version of a triple A team. That's and that's the reason why owners cannot own like two of the two of the, the same sports teams because they fear that that is just going to happen if that happens. So I don't know why they were saying, oh, you could just own another baseball team. That's not something that's going to happen, whether it's football or whether it's uh, whether it's basketball or even another soccer team down the line. That's well within the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. Now, I completely get that. I just think he's going full Jordan route. Oh, yeah. No, 100 percent. He's going to be sitting on the sidelines like 270 yeah. pounds just sitting on the sidelines watching the next generation and being just a terrible, terrible owner. Probably. <laughs> now, yeah. see, it's it's one of those things where, like, yeah, like, to you guys' points, like, there could be a silver lining to this. You know, he, he could bring some publicity. He's a, he's a generational athlete. Everybody knows who he is. He could offer some good ideas. Just the thing with me as a diehard, stubborn Red Sox fan, I'm taking stubborn that to the Stubborn is an understatement. But... And, and, and Celtics fan. I'm taking that to the grave with me, and I just I can't bring myself to to think to like be obs- be accepting of of this ownership by LeBron James. It, he's yeah. it's it's just one of those things where it's like you just don't. It's like having it's like ha- taking on like Derek Jeter to become your shortstop, and he leads them to a World Series. It's just if I mean I'd I'd love. To, I, I, I respect Derek Jeter. I would love to win a World Series, but at the same time, Derek Jeter and a Red Sox World Series championship just don't mix well together with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's, here's the other thing. There is a possibility that this could have some positive effect, and the only way that this could have an effect, a, a great effect is if LeBron you know, actually gets out and you know, it tries to be a voice and an advocate for free agents you know, wanting to come to Boston. Now, hate to say it, but John Henry isn't the most entertaining, you know, and most entertaining individual. So, you know, he's probably not going to be the big draw here. I don't know how much LeBron is going to be involved with this. This might be the type of thing where, where he goes, I'm just going to divest some of, my, some, of my, some of my money and I'll see where it goes. And if it's not anything like that in a couple of years, I sell. But if he really gets into it, it could almost, it could almost turn into what the Cam Newton situation in Foxborough is where, you know, a lot of people thought that Bill Belichick wasn't able to sell a lot of guys uh, and get them to Foxborough. Uh, obviously, that's proven wrong now, but people were thinking that maybe Cam could be the type of guy to bring in free agents. You know, I don't know how I don't know how much LeBron will have in how much influence he'll have on the team, but you know that is one possible look. I don't like that. That's a possible look, but it, it's a look. Hey, you know, all right. Um, really quick, give your guys final thoughts on this. I will be yes. right back. Punch, give me yeah. final thoughts. Two yeah. seconds. So, to your point that uh about john henry not being like the best not being the best the most um uh exciting owner Uh, i haven't really loved ownership for the red sox in the past like since he's owned it i mean he did help bring bring some renovations when he first took over the team he he did some good things that are that we're going to remember about the red sox for the rest of our lives like for example you know he he takes over the team when like 98 2002 around, around he brought around monster then, seats yeah. so he brought monster seats into the into the uh, uh into the green monster he, yeah uh, the the red sox won a world series soon after i just think it's gotten to a point now where he kind of sticks his fingers 
into team decisions a lot. And you can almost draw the, draw the comparison. You can almost draw the comparison to the NFL with the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones, Mm -hmm. where like he has a great reputation, but he's, I think he's a little overhyped. Yeah. And the one thing I think you have to just watch out with uh, for Henry at this point, I guess when that ownership group originally bought the Red Sox, they did it. uh, They did they did it and they originally said that they had that they were planning for it to be like a 20 to 25 year ownership period and then they would sell it's getting close to the end of that ownership period and i'm wondering if if by i'm wondering if some of these moves that they've been making and all the stuff free agent wise and you know cutting you know cutting uh some bait with guys like mookie and not re-signing him could this be a sign of an of an ownership uh change of an ownership change like in the making it's well within the realm of possibility especially since we're getting closer to that 20 to 25 year deadline Mm-hmm. I think I think it all depends on what they do mm-hmm. um, come the next like two to three years because yeah. right now I think we're on pace to be World Series contenders like, by like 2023, 2024. Mm-hmm. So it all depends on where we go from there. If we're still a bad team come three, four years down the road, then yeah, I'd highly expect that. But if we become a competent playoff team, I really don't think so. But sorry I had to go for a sec try, trying to sell some merch here, people. Oh, 100%. All right. You know, Adam's jealous. Look at his face. He's <laughs> He's jealous. He wishes he can have a white T-shirt with the Fumble Rooski logo on it. You know what? Keep hazing. Just keep just keep talking. I'll I'll will get back at you guys a year from now. And when I'm selling merch, when I'm famous, and when you know these top when, when Pat McAfee say he mentions us and says go follow the Fumble Rooski podcast, you guys are gonna be like Adam. I'm so sorry we hazed you. Um, I'm not. I mean, dude. If, I mean, I it's not gonna happen. I mean, mm. dude. If, if you're if you ever make it onto the Pat McAfee show and that ever happens, dude, I don't know what I'll do, dude, but you know, Hey, you um, know, he's, Drew, he's 15 episodes in has never had a guest. So never had well, a professional athlete guest. Well, that is changing on, um, uh, that is changing on Tuesday. I will be on his show Tuesday. So professional athlete guest. I've, I've had, I've had two guests on okay. yeah, professional, yeah, not, athlete. not professional athletes, but I've had, mm-hmm. I've had two guests on. Yeah, mm-hmm. by the time by the yeah. time you already had by the time I had my fifteen show, I had two. So, okay, Rob, <laughs> flex on them. The NFL is a little different. It's it's easy no, to get prospects. It should be so much. It should be it's easier. E- it's easy to get prospects from like single A. It should, it should be pretty easy to get some sort of college athlete on. You'd think. It's a possibility. Either a college athlete or you know somebody who's the fifty third man on a roster. It's a possibility. I mean, I'm just trying to – you also had a podcast about ba- about basketball on, on YouTube going before this. So I had, have, I had a show, a so I was, I was experienced with it. Yeah, I was experienced. Exactly. You have oh, more experience. Okay. I, yeah. Like, I'm starting with the fumble route. Like, this is like – this mm-hmm. is where I'm beginning with. So, you know, I'm yeah. learning everything for the first time. We got you. He's, he's not – he doesn't learn fast. All right, just take it from Brian. <laughs> so, first – thing we got to talk about with the actual Red Sox team. Eduardo Rodriguez is finally officially back. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. thank God. Because I wouldn't spend another year without that guy. Yeah, I mean, you know, just I mean, just any guy, frankly, in the Red Sox rotation is just a boost from what we had last year where it was just, you know, I thought we, I honestly thought that we would, you know, only get 12 wins, uh, 12 wins last year. And all the, all, and all of them were going to be uh, Nathan Avaldi's starts. I thought that was going to be our only 12 wins of the year after seeing, after seeing how, um, uh, like after seeing how game two against the Orioles went, I, I was like, I was like, all right, we're going to win all of all these starts and then we're screwed for the rest. 
Uh, but you know, uh, with Erod coming back, hopefully that heart issue, I guess, I guess it was a thing from COVID is no longer mm-hmm. a problem for him. You know, we're probably not going to be seeing sale until the all-star break. And it's likely that he won't be uh, the same guy until, you know, probably next, next year. year. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, the thing with, it really says something about where the Red Sox are when we're amped up for, uh, a guy who's been more of a number three starter in our rotation. In oh past my God, years. we're not we're not going back to this. No, and, we've already you know, we've already talked about thing, this. It'd be one thing to it would be one thing to say, holy holy crap, Chris Sale's back and he's one hundred percent. He's our not here. He's our number one starter now. But no, it's and I, and don't get me wrong, I love Eduardo Rodriguez. It's just it's just funny how we're like we're like oh my God, Eduardo Rodriguez is back. I love him, but yeah. I love him as a number two. Uh, at his worst, number three. Okay. Yeah. Can, I, can I say two things? What? First, at Brian, Adam yeah. calls a dude who won 19 games in a regular season a number three guy at best, first of all. That was on, I mean, last, that was on the last show last week. He called, he called Eduardo Rodriguez, a guy with 19 wins in a year, a number three guy. It was a yeah, career year. Great year for him. No, I mean, and he's still number three. All right. Second of all, second off. We're talking from what we had last year to now. Like Brian said, any sort of thing is an upgrade. Yeah. I'm, right. Any course. sort of any sort of pitcher we get that has some sort of promise. So to see that we got a pitcher that Calm is down, ten Robert. times better than anything we saw last year, I'm gonna take. All right. The next year, I expect to get some better pitchers than that. Calm you know, down. It's a cycle. Yeah. I mean, listen. I think that. I mean. Isn't Rodriguez like a career like a like a career four ERA pitcher? So I mean, uh, it's know, like I mean, a three six. Okay, I think yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he can have his games where he's on, and then you know, obviously, you, you can have the you can have the reciprocal of that. Uh, but you know, he's he's a great he's a great arm, and he's a great addition to this team. I mean, I I, I we missed him sorely last year, and frankly, you know, just having him back in the rotation is going to be good to see. Mm-hmm. No, a, I'm sorry, a career four at most times though he's a three eight. Okay, yeah. So yeah, you're right. Mm. But yeah, I can't. I can't wait to see. Do I think he's going to be 100? percent No. Do I think he's going to be great? Come off rip? No. And to be honest, I don't really like the move of calling him an ace right now. I would rather yeah. see him as a number four guy. Let him just get back used to it. Let him be in there. Hey, this is coming off of injury. All right. You're talking about how prime, how 100 healthy Eduardo Rodriguez should be a three. You got Adam perking up immediately. I mean, I mean, you almost. Adam was Adam was like, is he validating my point? Oh my god! No, not in the slightest. He's talking about a healthy Erod. I'm talking about no, an Erod who hasn't pitched a professional game in about 400 days. Yeah. Robert, I told you, prime like at like Eduardo Rodriguez at his best is a number two. I'm just saying that over his career, he's been a number three. I just don't think he's no, reached his full no. potential yet. You, and I you think specifically he said 19 win Erod is a number three. I did not say yes, that. You, you are did. twisting yes, my Yes, you words. did. Go back and watch the last episode. You said exactly that, and that's why I, I pissed at you and we argued about that for like 20 you're minutes. You're taking it out of context. <laughs> I won't. How, how do I do? It was a like, career year. I, 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 I apologize for year. you having to listen to this. Great year for Eduardo Rodriguez. Good, good job. So I need to also ask, number three. I need to also ask you guys, who is the leadoff header for this team? Of everybody on the team, who is our leadoff header? Who do you guys? Well, who do you guys think should be the leadoff header? Honestly, you know, I'm gonna go for it. I I, I like Kike. 
Give me Kike in the leadoff spot. I mean, I know he's been, I know he's always kind of been, you know, a guy who hits at the bottom of the order, but I mean, he's shown up to spring training so far and he's had some pop in the bat. And I mean, you know, frankly, I don't run, I don't know where this Ox team is going this year. So, you know, we signed him. We signed, he was kind of one, one of the bigger free agent pickups we made this off season. Let's see how it works out at the start of the season. I'm tempted to say Verdugo, mm. but I also want him more because he's one of your better hitters. I almost, I also want to say he, he should be towards the middle of the lineup. I'm pretty, I'm pretty stumped on that one. I'd have to look at the, the lineup, but I mean, Kike is not a bad option either. I can, yeah. I can give you the basic projected lineup for what we're yeah. looking at. Um, mm-hmm. But before I do, I would say for me, yell at me if you want, I'd say Cordero. Just, just because – I, I hate that guy. Just because of speed. Him. Just because of speed factor. This guy is a <sighs> always a threat to steal a base. You and, and your Frenchie Cordero. I, I like speed. in the back of any major league lineup. I, I like that includes speed. the Red Sox. I mean, if he's if he's our eight, if he's our nine hitter, I'm okay with that. He's either he's our, our one hitter or a nine hitter. I'm cool with either. I'd rather just keep Andrew Benintendi at this point. <laughs> yeah, but terrible. Yeah. We got five guys for Andrew Benintendi, and you're complaining. Just getting one bodies one makes, is one thing. But when one of them makes it to the majors, I will. I will. You know. I. I will. I'll, I'll recognize one him. of them has one of them should within the next two years. And then the other three, we don't know yet. Yeah. All right. So there, yeah, they might. one of them's already made the major selling, leagues. They, they might be selling insurance in the next, in the next three years. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be your mailman, Robert. And he'll be like, <laughs> that's just, thanks for having, thanks for <laughs> having <laughs> faith in me, buddy. <laughs> now you guys are just taking a massive, you know, what on a player's career. All right. Oh, I'm not. I'm not taking on the players' crew. I'm taking on a high bloom. <laughs> terrible. You can have them in to interview you, Robert. You to both, interview. You both are terrible. All right, it's better than anyone you've interviewed, Adam. Well, yeah, that's not a next, fair statement. When, yeah, whenever, whenever we find out, whenever, we, when, whenever we find out one of those three guys or one of those five guys is just the next Nick Punto, I'll be real pumped to see it. So, <laughs> hey, let, let don't, don't have any hate on Nick Punto. All right. That dude Nothing was good. Nick Punto, I'm just saying, like, one one's gonna be the next day of Ortiz. I, All right. I just I just remember Nick Punto as the guy as the guy who came into pinch run uh, when Kevin Euclid had his last at bat as a, as a Red Sox. Mm-hmm. That's all. I, that's all I remember is Nick Punto for being. He was he was a good third baseman. He was more of a defensive third baseman, but or was he shortstop? Mm, yeah, he was one of them. He was a third baseman. Oh, yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I figured out what it is with Zoom. If you have any more than three or more people on. It's going to say mm. your meeting time. So we got to get out in like 10 minutes and hop back in. But the lineup goes – the projected lineup goes Kiki Hernandez, Verdugo, Martinez, Bogarts, Devers, Renfro, Marwin Gonzalez, Vasquez, Dahlbeck. So two names we don't mm. even see are A, the guy we traded for Andrew Benatendi, and B, Michael <laughs> Chavis. Now there's MIA. They're gone. See the projections don't even yeah, like Chavis is kind of, Yeah, I mean Chavis has kind of been getting screwed lately. I don't know. I don't know if you've been seeing all all the stuff that's been happening with him, but he's kind of just been really getting you know just kind of you know buried with all the guys that Himes been bringing in, like like Gonzalez and all these other guys. Uh, you know, even Kike too. Like like where is where is Chavis going to play? Is the Ice Horse ever going to see some time again? I don't. It's 
you know, it looks like it looks like Haim sees something in him that he doesn't like, and he's probably just trying to bury him at this point. It's weird. I mean, I I don't see any other reason besides that that just Haim sees something that he doesn't like, or Cora sees something that he doesn't like, and it's just they I mean, I see some. I don't know if it'd be Cora because I mean, I mean, I mean, he was here when I mean he played in 2019 when Cora was on the team and he got some decent time then. But so. he he had great know. rookie numbers off then. He was killing he it at bat. And then last year it was just I mean, he, no bueno. I mean, but again, I'm chalking everything up last year to it to anything no bueno up to it just being a COVID year. I'm not I'm not putting anything on last year's stats. They are, in my mind, they are thrown out the window. I am not looking at them at all. <laughs> They are not a sign of anything. This was a last year was a glorified little league world series. Uh, I am just, I, oh, it was just good to have something. So Mookie didn't really win a championship. No, I'm going to say he won the championship. Cause I, cause I want to, cause I want Red Sox ownership to feel it, but everything else basically just didn't count. <laughs> okay. That sure. We'll, we'll say that makes sense, but everything else about that lineup. It doesn't. I know it doesn't, but. I'm a hypocritical. I'm a hypocritical individual, but you know, I, I want Red Sox. I, I want Red Sox management to feel it. So I don't mm-hmm. care. Yeah, here's the thing. Um, out of the guys that I said, do you guys have any other things that you're kind of confused about with this lineup? The one thing I would say is Dahlbeck batting eighth or ninth. Dahlbeck batting ninth. I don't like. I would honestly rather him bat sixth, like Wasn't right behind, up? right behind Bogart okay. or right behind Devers. And have probably yeah, I mean, Renfro bat ninth. Yeah. I mean, Bobby Dahlbeck is built like that. Is built like, you know, like that player coach on that summer league team that, that you know, just comes out every every now and then and just, you know, just absolutely, you know, hit and absolutely just bombs a ball over the fence. You know, he, he's just built like, he's just built like the old player coach kind of, like kind of kid. And, you know, will that, will that, you know, translate to him being an effective first baseman at the major league level? We'll have to see if that, if that actually will lead to that. But, uh, it's it it definitely will uh, be an interesting situation with him. I I hope that he succeeds. I remember seeing him in Double A and he was stud there. So I hope it translates. I wish some of these guys. I wish I could have gone and seen in like Portland or in Pawtucket. Oh yeah. I wish. Mm-hmm. Call me crazy I got, with I got to see Raphael Devers, but would you say you would rather see him? Do you think he's set? He's set at number five, or would you rather see him towards the towards like the front at like the three or four spot? I mean, in all honesty, with numbers two through six, I would say they're all interchangeable. Besides JD at three, if you right. were if you were to put Verdugo yeah. as a cleanup hitter, I wouldn't mind testing that out for a couple of games, see how that worked, see if he could get hot. I wouldn't mind it. You know, anything besides JD switching from three, JD stays at three. Anything else, two through six. You can I just think Bogarts well. and Verdugo are those like are those two like speedy guys who you want who all are also good hitters who you'd want to put in like second and third. So mm-hmm. maybe you put Devers because I mean he's kind of fast, but he's also more of like his main. Uh, he's he's kind of a he's a little bit of a power hitter if you want to, and I mean he could you could put him in at fourth and then maybe. And then maybe you have Dahlbeck at five and maybe or, – or Martinez. I mean, it, it is a very interchangeable, interchangeable. It's a very opinionated thing because, like, mm-hmm. I mean, you, 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 can, you really can't be wrong at this point. Yeah, it's, it's just experimenting what works, seeing what guys feel more comfortable in what spots. 
Yeah. Yeah. Got to throw something against the wall and see what sticks. Mm -hmm. All right. We got to end the recording real quick and then we'll be right back with the next segment. All right. So next, what we got to talk about. I tried to warn everyone come three months ago, right? I said, this guy is going to come in here and he is going to help this team's pitching rotation drastically. A lot of people didn't listen. All right. Garrett Whitlock has come in so far and has had himself a spring training. Yeah, the kid's been off the – he's been off the wall. I mean, he has really just shown out the spring training. I mean, his stuff's incredible. He's, he's been killing it. Yeah. I don't know how he's been doing it, but I am not going to complain at all. I'm not I, – I will, I will gladly take that. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, when I was doing the interview with him, Right. I, the one answer that stuck out with him was he's like, I'm not going to be a guy that's going to come out here and really be a face. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to put my head down. And I'm going to put the work in. Yeah. And so far that's exactly what he's done. Mm-hmm. He's had what? Nine innings pitched a one ERA, one earned run. How many strikeouts? Uh, I lost him. <laughs> How many strikeouts do you have? Uh, 12. 12 strikeouts with a .89 whip. I mean, Rob, you're, I mean, you're at least one for one now or one for whatever now on Sox prospects being on your show, you know, doing well, doing well at, at the somewhat major league level. Now you get, now I just got to see what Zachary Bryant does. Yeah. If I can get Zach Bryant to actually do something with this team. Then I got two. Yeah, you should honestly have Garrett Whitlock just you know pull up in a pull up in a pesky pole, pull up in some pesky pole merch and, and just send, be him, like, send him the merch. Yeah, dude, why not? <laughs> I why should, because I've I've kept I've kept in contact with him since the interview. So you know he That'll he's a, a really, business idea. Hell, yeah, go for it. Be like, yo, you want some merch? If I send you all, some merch, it's all about that marketing, baby. It's all about the marketing, exactly. Like like I said, I told that was this was this the episode I was with you? No. I, no, I, it was the episode before he was on the very next episode. Yes. So after while he was on the show, right, Adam and I were talking to him, and he mm-hmm. said, hey, I, uh, this was after we finished recording. He says, hey, I just got a DM from uh, Jared Carabas asking me to be <laughs> on the show. I'm like, boy, you better go on that show and do me a huge favor and mention this podcast. Did he? Nope. <laughs> I got scammed. Yep, you – Wow, you got really yeah, you got scammed there, dude. Oh, that sucks. I was I was upset, but what what are you gonna do? You know, right. what are you gonna do? Exactly. So instead, um, Section Ten posts this picture of one of his responses that said his favorite player while I was growing up, and it was uh, Craig Kimbrell, mm. right? Which Red Sox Craig Kimbrell was great. Oh, he was. We're awesome. not gonna we're not gonna talk about Cubs Craig Kimbrell. Two different. <laughs> What about Braves Craig Kimbrell? Braves Craig Kimbrell was also something great. Yeah. We just I mean, won't soon, talk about the Cubs. I mean, as soon as he shaved his beard, it was over. Yeah. That, and that, that, the that Cubs is where you go to kill your career. Yeah, it's where Red Sox. I mean, Sox, just ask Josh Sosich. Yeah, it's where, Red Sox, it's where most Red Sox careers go to die. I mean, unlike – I mean, you can – mean, Koji, unfortunately, you know, fizzled out there. John Lester had himself a pretty, you know – Lester was okay. He had himself a good seven-year run there. Where's he at? Nationals now? Yeah, he's on the Nationals. Yeah. That is, that is, I don't know why we couldn't have just brought him back. Had, had a been, you know, had a fun kind of reunion. Eh. Didn't Lackey have a decent career there as Lackey, well? Lackey wasn't anywhere near where he was in Boston. He just kind of, he kind of was just like, like you would say, Adam, he was just a body. Like he just yeah. was there. 
I mean, yeah. he had some good starts here and there, but it it was not what he was in Boston at all. Yeah, like Josh Sosa's just gonna go there, and he's he his career died there. He's not mm-hmm. getting signed by anyone else. Robert Stock's gonna go there. His career's gonna die. Yep. I mean, I mean, one Red Sox career, career uh, one one Red Sox player who went there and and you know had a pretty solid end of their career. You could. 100% say was David Ross. David Homer, Ross. Homered in his final game of that of that incredible 2016 uh, World Series Game 7. You know, for that, it's me. For, between that with me, it, there's like one other game that I would say is uh, it was the game where Austin Jackson flipped in the bullpen. I talked about it on this show earlier. I would say it's either that game or, the tw- or Game 7 of the 2016 World Series was one of the best baseball games I ever saw just because of how electric it was and how yes. back and forth it was. And the thing that is also really cool about about both about both of those games is that you get to see it's not is that you get to see multiple stars going through the motions and like and not going through the motions but multiple stars performing at that level in a game which is really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Like you got is to it? see John Lester, you got to see David Ross Homer, and you got to see all like this cool stuff happen. And it was and it's just the collection of all that that made that game seven so awesome. So David Ross had a very good end uh, by being a part of that game, but yeah. Does Anthony Rizzo count? No. No. Minor. He he his career didn't his career didn't die. Yeah, he he came to life. Yes, his career came to life. We we didn't have him long enough to actually make him prosper here then to go die there. Yeah. No, he we didn't even trade him to the Cubs. We traded him to the Padres. Then they traded him to the Cubs. We got Adrian Gonzalez. Did jack squat for us too? What a terrible! What a he, terrible! He is what you call a body. All right, he was just there. I mean, I, oh, I loved, my, I loved myself some Agon in Boston for the time that it was there. I mean, once he got shipped out the door to L.A. and then we had to deal with guys like Mario Gomez and uh, and James Loney. Then we, then we were. That's when I knew we were we were, we were in a tough spot. Mm-hmm. All right, here, here's what I'm gonna say. All right, because I'm I'm curious to what you guys are gonna say. Give me a random. Red Sox player from 2000 to 2010, or like 2000 to 2015, I'll say. All right, I got one. Pedro <clears throat> Seriaco. Oh, I know that. Where do I know that name from? 2013 Red Sox uh, started off pretty good. Was a platoon guy. Got shipped off to the Padres, uh, and you know he was he was a pretty solid piece for them. But you know, just sent him out the door. Mm-hmm. Adam Jamile Weeks. Jamile Weeks. That's a good one. That's a good I have one. never heard that name. You've Dude, never now, heard of Jamal Weeks, 2014, you know, all around second baseman, used to play with the Brewers? Speedster. Yeah, real speedster. I don't know why I can't remember that name, like, at all. Mm-hmm. But I would say just random names, and Adam loves this name, Ryan Dempster. Mm. I was about to say uh, I was about to say Felix Dubron or, or yes. Ryan, De- Ryan LaVarnway. Ryan LaVarnway. Oh, that's a name. Um, that, is no. like a, that is one of those guys that you remember. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it, it just is. Mm-hmm. How about John Damon? How about Jonathan Diaz? <laughs> oh, Johnny Gomes. If you want me to go, if you want me to go back and forth with you on on random Red Sox players, I'm able to do it pretty well from 2013 on. You know, that's when I really was able to yeah. know, engaging with the team. If you want me to go for random guys, I can do. I can go. I can get pretty random. I mean, because we're we're all just 20 to 22 years old, mm-hmm. right? So 2013, we were like. 14 12 to 14 yeah. right that's when we really started to get into knowing names and stuff yep, yep. <laughs> but let me see oh adam was hating on mike lowell in the last episode i did not hate how on do you him. hate on mike, mike lowell when what did yeah. i say how do you hate on mike lowell what did i say what the hell is wrong with you 
What did I say? I want to know what I said. What we were, we were talking about some player, and then I compared him to Mike Lowell, and you're like, no. I, not I said no. It was the other way around. I was saying it was more trashing on the player you were comparing him to. Who, were, who was I comparing him to? I completely forgot, but I was, I was saying was don't it compare this guy to Mike Lowell. No. I no, love, it was, I um, it was, it was Bobby Dahlbeck. Exactly. And I didn't you really know if he's going to pan out yet. And you're like, oh, Mike Lowell. He's Mike the world, the world series MVP. It was just the name that popped off the top of my head. Stop with the slander. Robert. It was a white corner infielder. All right. That's, they have that in common. <laughs> Good I mean, enough. I mean, yeah, he's from Boston. So you can also, that's a pretty easy, uh, I mean, white corner infielder. You want to, you know, really make it specific. I, and you're going to get that really. You know who else is a corner infielder? Hmm. Will Middlebrooks. Oh, ew. We have that in common, don't they? No. Are we gonna compare? Are we gonna compare those two, Robert? <laughs> no, because Will Middlebrooks compare, sucks. Are, are we gonna compare Mike Carp, the first baseman, the corner out, the corner infielder, Mike Carp? Yeah. Oh yeah, he was on the 2013 team. Yeah. I mean, I remember I mean, that 2014. name. One other, one other random Red Sox player, Quinton Berry. Quinton Berry, oh, oh the outfielder. <laughs> oh no! Gotcha. Ew. Yeah. Gross. Who, who am I thinking of? There's one guy. Oh, Pokey Reese. You don't remember that name? Yeah. Well, I mean, po- I mean, he was. He, he Pokey Reese ball. was the like young Dustin Pedroia before Dustin Pedroia. Well, he had the ground ball that. But with the name of Coco. Yeah. Well, he had the ground or ball. Or Pokey. That, uh, Sorry. Well, he had the ground ball that you know that you know completed the completed the uh, you know four days in October for the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. You know he it was his final play that sent them to the World Series. Yes, Pokey Reese, beautiful man. Pokey Reese, Coco Crisp, Johnny Damon. That was a squad. Yeah, and Johnny Damon's having some fun right now. He saw he saw all that he's, happen. He's in a prison cell because he's a yeah. big boy. Yeah, Don't forget Adam. He is a big, a big boy. boy. <laughs> He's a big man. Love Johnny. Big guy. I tell yeah. I, I called that's what I call Doug. That's what I call my dog. A big boy. <laughs> big man. He's on the level of my dog right now. Yeah. So um going back to what we we're actually talking about, you get Whitlock, right? We gotta remember this kid's only twenty four. He's making his making his MLB debut within the next couple of weeks. But one of his teammates, Avaldi, said the first time I saw him throw in spring training, it was early in camp, and I was impressed. He's got a great changeup. He's got great command. He's quiet. He's very focused and determined to be part of the team. He's doing everything he can. He's going about his business the right way, so I'm not surprised with what he's been able to do out there on the field just because of the way he's been handling himself in and around the clubhouse and out there in the bullpen. So he's kind of our secret weapon. I mean, you got to love that. <laughs> that- which, which, like I said, he, he told that exactly to me, and to see that – being portrayed three months later yeah, than what, awesome. what he said in the interview is gold. Yeah. Like he's just saying, look, I'm not going to come out here. I'm going to be a face. I'm like, keep my head down. I know what I have to do. It's not about being publicity. It's not about doing this. It's about putting in the work and making sure I'm a good part of this team. Yeah. I mean, guess what? If I mean, the people of Boston, you know, at least the diehard baseball fans will respect that as if you're coming out there and you're grinding like that, they'll, they'll appreciate that a lot more than, than the guy who's, you know, coming out there is all flashy and then you know it's getting lit up every other day yeah because that dude will be out of boston within six months yeah <laughs> he will not He's... have a pleasant time mm-hmm. we expect i mean here in boston we love having our faces 
that are those guys who really pump to the crowd. You know, you're Alex Verdugo. But mm-hmm. we expect perfection more than we do a nice face. Yeah. Verdugo gives us both. 300 hitter. <laughs> he's going to be something great, but he's also that face that's willing to pump up a crowd. I can't yeah. wait to see him in Fenway with actual fans. Yeah, that'd be He's going to be loving life. Mm-hmm. But along with that, we have guys like Whitlock now who are just going to keep their head down. They're going to do they're going to do what they got to do. I mean, hell, that's that's all you can hope for. Yep. We're going to Adam, you and I are going to go to one of the games. We're going to sit in center field by the bullpen. We're just going to say we're going to just like what's up? We'll have to go to three of us and just do like a live stream just the three of us, <laughs> these the three the three amigos and the uh Three hosts and at a going to a Red Sox game. We go to the Caskin Flagon. Oh, we can't we can't live stream it. That's a little legal, but you know. yeah, yeah. Emma, that, well, that's we live stream ourselves, but we're not. That's why Dodger Films is no longer a thing. Oh, I remember. That. Oh, that paid. Why did that bring back so many memories? Yeah, yeah. That oh. you know because MLB likes to you know be likes to be the not going to say not going to use profanities on this show uh but because mlb is the way they are that's why you know dodger films is no longer a thing because he's no longer allowed to film the games even though yeah. he was one of the big draws for your for your league and yeah. you, know, you know unfortunately you guys were not gonna be able to be in the stands live streaming the red sox game because you know might get demonetized or arrested so i got i got one copyright strike already from like my sixth episode what did you, you do? know we were ranking we were ranking outfielders no, it was my 10th episode. We were ranking our top 21st baseman, and I was literally just showing like a quick 10-second highlight clip of each guy we were putting in, and they hit me on it. You know, leave YouTube it to the – sucks, man. YouTube sucks. <laughs> leave it to the MLB to just ruin anything good that happens to them. They're just so bad at marketing their players, and anything good that happens to them, they have to do something like that. Yeah. You, know, you would think you'd ha- you, they would – after so many years of this sport dying out, that they would actually like take a look in the mirror and be like, okay, we need to get our asses moving. So profanity, profanity, but like, it's okay. It's it's okay. It can make it on that can set. You can usually say that on the radio and be okay. So you're good, Robert. Yeah. No, I have to edit that out now. Why? (laughs) Because I make this a family friendly podcast. This is all right. Section 10 is not family friendly. You you get my point. You just don't change the net. Fine. Get my I'll, point. I'll, I'll keep it in. I'll just have to mark it as expletive. Get their get their their butts moving and actually do something because I used to be one of the biggest biggest uh, MLB fans out there. I used to know the league inside and out. There's a reason why I'm able to name these random Red Sox players because I used to know the league very well back then. Now it's one of those it's one of those things where I'm like, damn, I really don't like. I really don't pay enough attention to the Red Sox, but it's like I want to get back into it, but I also don't want to. Yeah. It's like – and it's kind of sad. No, I mean, I've, I, I've been – I said it on my show plenty of times. The MLB – and I was almost scared that the NFL was going to fall in this bubble. Luckily, they, luckily they have enough players that they're able to support. But the MLB clearly has – clearly suffers from Mike Trout syndrome where he is the only guy that they know how to, how to effectively market. And it gets to the point where you're almost like – where it's almost just like nauseating the amount of marketing you see from Mike Trout. He's a great guy, great guy for the community, great player, nothing mm-hmm. on Mike Trout. But he's the only guy that MLB actually knows how to market. I mean, Tatis is starting to get in the mix a little bit now, which is awesome to see. But, you know, like, they don't know how to, like, like. If he's you also asked, a robot. Yeah. Oh, he's a robot for sure. But if you asked, uh, but if you went and asked, like, you know, an average NBA fan who Mike Trout is, they're going to have an idea. If you went and asked who Francisco Lindor is, they're going to be like, who? 
I have no idea who that is. But and like same thing with all these other players. Like uh, if you ask who Pete Alonso is, who all these other like a bunch of different guys, they would have no idea who these players are. Whereas whereas you know you might ask you know some random baseball fan, hey, you know who Shy Gildas Alexander is, and someone and they'll be like, oh yeah, that that's that uh, shooting guard for the Oklahoma City Thunder, played with uh, you know was a was an integral part of OKC's playoff run last year. And like mm-hmm. some people will be able to pull that out. You're not gonna be able to pull that out with you know with MLB guys. It's just not a thing. Yeah. And here, here's the thing with what we were talking about, right? I, I went and I looked back at the video, right? It got copyrighted by the MLB, okay? For one part, that was a less than 25-second 20, highlight of Freddie Freeman, okay? This video had seven views. You know, MLB, I mean... What's... what's- What's the point at that point? Seven people saw it. That's ridiculous. We're prioritizing the wrong thing. No, I mean, I mean, you want to get you want to get that stuff out there, and I'm pretty sure, like it, you said, it was like 20 seconds. I'm pretty sure that's within the fair use policy. It was 25, yeah. Yeah, still, I think that's within the fair use policy. It's like what you can get like 30 seconds to a minute or something, and still be like okay. Like that's mm-hmm. that's ridiculous, man. Yeah, I. I can't with it sometimes, but it's MLB, I got... it's baseball advanced media, which uh, for short, bam, you know, I, I, I remember I talked about this. They, the way they, you know, lock up content. It's like, I said this, I said this a while back. It makes you a lot of money up front by, you know, locking up this content and prioritizing it to certain people, but you lose an entire generation of fans. You yes. completely cut off the younger generation. They're, they're going to be like, they're going to be like, Oh, well, if I can't access this stuff and I can't, you know, see it, well, why the heck, why the heck am I going to watch it? Yeah, because there's so many people also who are we get we get a lot of our news through YouTube, right? Yeah. Which is kind of sad, but it's it's the way it is. It's, so it's we the, get a lot of our news through YouTube, but there are a lot of younger fans out there who aren't subscribed to the MLB channel, but will get their news through other MLB content creators. Like yeah. this is one guy I follow. His YouTube name is Fuzzy or something like that. Okay, great great MLB guy, right? Has plenty of MLB knowledge. Brings a lot of MLB news. But he can't show any clips because he's gonna get demonetized. He can't show any yeah. of these players. All he can do is talk about them, mm-hmm. you know. But let's get on to the final topic, real quick. Lindor came out and he was a little, you know what, and he started complaining about the shift. Hmm. Yeah. All right, what do we think about the shift? Should we ban the shift? Should we modify the shift? Or should we allow MLB teams to do what they please? Adam, you first. See, it's one of those things where I think. You know, the shift kind of does take away from a little bit in baseball where it's just like you, some balls that are hit would normal, that would normally be base hits or would be tough plays for infielders are like routine because players aren't where they're supposed to be. And it takes away from, from that a little bit, but at this, so I'm not a huge fan of the shift, but at the same time, I feel like players, um, teams should be able to do whatever the hell they want because, you know, that's part of baseball. But mm-hmm. I, under, I understand what they're trying to do, where they're trying to tr- sort of fix the game of baseball. They're making some sort of an effort, effort which I do appreciate. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really tough thing. I, I, I mean, you can, look at, you can look at it in two different ways. But I think I kind of like it, but I, I'm not sure. What do you think, Brian? I mean, listen, I, I got to take the opposite opinion on this. I mean, you know, 
for all of baseball success, you know, the shift has dated back forever now. I mean, you know, there was literally a shift called the Ted Williams shift. And it was a way that, you know, teams would play against Ted Williams at the plate. Mm-hmm. So the shift at this point in baseball has been around forever. And it's been through baseball's glory days where, you know, and you and even through their second resurgence in the 90s during the home run race and all that kind of stuff. Like the shift has been there and it's been a thing, uh, you know, and, you know, f- from what I've seen, you know, it's more the shift on lefties that I'm seeing is, you know, what what they're trying to get rid of shifts on righties. It happens, but you know, it's not the most common thing. I mean, it, it, and it's common, but you know, no, nobody's really complaining about it. They're, they mostly complain about the fact that all the, uh, that all the infielders are between first and second base. So it's been along for a long time, but do you think it's maybe been overused in recent years where to the point where players teams are just leaning on it? Or do you think it's more of a, just like it's been here and it's, it hasn't been, you know, it's I mean, just kind of I mean, been listen, there. I mean, listen, play, like teams and players, like they're going to try to do whatever they can to whatever they can to make it work. I mean, I remember in 2015, the Red Sox, you know, Mookie Betts, his entire career in throughout the minors was a second baseman. I remember we were playing the Twins and they brought Mookie out of, you know, center or right field. They brought him in, got, got him his infield glove, and he like played straight up on second base, you know, to try to make a play at the plate. And I think it was Max Kepler. He just lifted a ball to center where he wasn't, and the Twins won the game. Mm-hmm. Another play I think about, too, was also against the Red Sox. It was Yankees-Red Sox. Robinson Cano was at the plate in 2013. And wide open, what does he do? He just drops one down, gets a double out of it. And you know what? I, As a Red Sox fan, I, I'm obviously I'm, I'm never going to root for the Yankees, but I'm, but I'm just like, yes, so thank you. Someone actually, like, exposes it. And, like, and I'm just like, I'm just like, guess what, Joey Gallo? You don't need to be like a pinpoint guy. It's not a suicide squeeze attempt where, where if you know, where if you put it in like, where if you put it like a foot off the plate, like or a foot off where it needs to be, you're in, you're in trouble. Like you could, I'm with the amount of square footage that you have with, with these infielders not here. You either need to beat out like, like some, you know, old fat pitcher, you know, that's going for the ball or a catcher in all that catcher's gear. Just get it in the general vicinity by dropping it down, and you're gonna be on first base. And you know, while and you know, while it may not be the flashiest thing for you, you know, do that three times, and team and and you know, and other players are gonna go are gonna go. Hey, maybe we shouldn't shift to get against this guy because he's not afraid to get chippy with it and just drop one down to get on. And guess what? I feel like that. I feel like that in your clubhouse gains a lot more respect because because it's going. Hey, this guy isn't just trying to you know hit hit the ball out of here. He's actually willing to get on base any way any way he can. I respect mm-hmm. that a lot. And I mean, the fact that, you know, some of these guys aren't willing to do it and they're just stubborn and they're still just hitting into this thing. And it's just like, and it's like, dude, the answer's right there. You don't need to, you know, you don't need to force it out over the plate. You're, you're, you're in the major leagues. You don't need to be, you know, a king at it. And you don't need to be, you don't need to be, you don't need to be, you don't need to be amazing at it. But, you know, for the longest time we were taught how to bunt. I fi- I'm, I would have to assume these guys have to have at least some skill at it. Cause you know, God forbid a situation comes up, comes up where they need to do it. They're going to have to do it. They just got to, you know, either drop it down or just send it the other way. Like it's the answer is there. And it's just so frustrating. If mm-hmm. you do it enough, then it gets, then the situation, then the shift, you know, becomes less and less of a problem for these guys. Yes. All right. Let me, let me say this. Okay. When I was going through high school, especially in my senior year, teams would apply the shift on me because I'm a lefty, right? They would apply a bigger shift to the point where the second ba- or shortstop would almost be at second base, right? But the third baseman would stay in right where he's supposed to be because I'm a speed threat and I can mm-hmm. bunt. So yeah. third baseman would be in and short would be basically at second. Second would be there and first would be where they're usually supposed to be. I'm yeah. like, okay, there are a lot of weaknesses to do here. You are exposing a lot of things by playing in this position. 
So what did I do? I waited on pitches till I got a pitch that was mid to outside, and bam, I just took that pitch right to where the shortstop was supposed to be. Literally yeah. every time. And I wasn't hitting it far. It would just be ground outs. Yeah. Right? Then teams started catching up on that. Teams started scouting on me. And so they would pull a reverse shift on me to the point where the second baseman would be behind second base or like on second base. Shortstop would be playing over and deep and the third baseman would be playing bunt defense. Okay. Then, I got to ask about this. Seriously. Where did you go to high school? Like I went to a very small high school up in Maine called St. Dom's okay, high school. Up in Maine. I don't know what, like what is happening with, with other, with other States in new England when it comes to baseball. I was, I talked to my friend Tyler on, on Wednesday show about this. And, and he said, yeah, I'm in, I was in Connecticut and, and like, yeah, they put the shift on me. I, I was like, I was like, they're putting the shift on you in like JV in high school. And, and, and he's like, yeah, I'm just like, I'm just like, that never happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, no varsity. Is, yeah. We never had varsity. a shift either. We never saw it. We never had lefties shift against. We never had that. That's like, that's actually ridiculous that you're seeing it at that level. I, I have every, never even, every single at bat. I mean, like I, I saw said, it. I mean, we I, always saw, I mean, you saw it in the outfield. You always mm-hmm. saw outfield shifts be a thing, but yeah. like, like, like infield, they, we kind of, they always just assumed, Hey, it's high school. And you know, you know, if the, if the guy's pitching fast enough, this, it may, it may get sprayed out the opposite way. So we always just kind of played it mostly straight up. Obviously you had the double play defenses, corners yeah. in different things yeah. like that. But in terms of, but in terms of really moving the guy over, we never did that. Like, yeah. that's actually crazy. Like, no, especially, crazy especially after like four games or something, I was batting like 700 through the first four <laughs> games and teams would literally have somebody scout our games or they would text or they would message the opposing coach about me specifically. And coaches would tell my coach about that. Like, yeah, we have, we're talking about this kid. We want to know how to stop him. And so they tried all these shifts. Once they went into the reverse shift, I still remember it was like the sixth game of the season. That team went to the reverse shift. I stepped out for a second, looked over at the coach and he's just sitting there smiling at me. (laughs) The the other team's coach, he's smiling at me. I'm like, okay. Okay. I'm I'm just going to rip this thing. So I go in, right? And I see bunt defense. And I'm like, boom, right over third baseman's head. If he was, if he was regular, regular um, defense, he would have got it. Boom. Kind somewhat of not really bloop single. It was a line drive um, into left field. Boom. I'm on second base. Look back at him. He's still laughing. I'm like, you can't, you can't beat me. There are so many ways to fight the shift. If they're playing that over to you, I have a simple solution. Learn how to hit a damn ground ball to where the third baseman's supposed to be. It is possible to control where the ball is supposed to be. I mean, and, I, I can't. And, and this is part of the other problem that's going on with Major League Baseball right now. And it's that, and it's that base, and it's that because, and it's because, and it's basically that the MLB is becoming three true outcome baseball at this point, where yeah. you're either where you're either getting a K, you're either getting a home run, or it's a walk. That, and yeah. that's the problem that we're seeing. You know. Like, I hate to say it, guys, like, like you guys grew up, like, learning how to bunt. You grew up learning how to do this stuff. Guess what, Joey? Fundamentals. Like, like you don't even need to be the fastest guy. Like, I'm not even, like, I'm not even, like, joking here. Like, David Ortiz, like, like not, no speed demon in, in our books. But, like, if he ever needed to, and, like, if he ever got good enough at it, he could, you know, even put one, you know, up in the air a little bit, get it over into the infield dirt, and he'd be able to get on first. Now, if I'm, you, if, no. yeah, if you put it right where the third baseman's supposed to be or further, you're on first base. Yes, at least. Like, it, like that's the thing that just, that's the thing that really just, you know, gets me. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. And going back to what we we're saying about where the MLB can say where you need to put your players, no. 
Absolutely not. There are like- nine guys on the field. Two of them have a spot where they are specifically supposed to stand, and that is pitcher and catcher. It's Every like telling, other position. Yeah, it's like telling it's like telling an NFL team that you can only play man defense while simultaneously telling the telling the opposing offense, hey, they can only play man, def- man defense. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's like it's like saying, okay, every play you need to have four down linemen and you need to have at least three linebackers. Another you thing too, have... I saw. Yeah, another thing. Another thing too, I saw was the idea of them. Um, uh, what was it? It was of them, of them, them only having like one like shift that we typically say like this per game. And I'm just like, I'm just like one per game. Like, no, like, why is this like, absolutely like, not. No. If I want to, if I know somebody is more of a contact hitter and I want to take a risk by taking my right fielder, putting him in between second and first, having my second baseman shift closer to second base and have mm-hmm. two guys in the outfield, I should be damn well pleased to do that. You know why? Because that dude can put the ball 10 feet in the air and put yeah. it either down the line, up the middle, or down that way, and that is a triple. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh-huh. not that hard. There are only nine guys and so much square footage to cover on any major league field that you can't shift without there being repercussions if the batter knows what he's doing. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, another rule change that I had that I have, you know, very much been against, uh, you know, ever since I've heard about it has been the pitch clock. I, you know, I'm not, the, I'm not a fan of the pitch clock. I don't think that it really, you know, gets, I don't really think that it'll, it would be as effective and I think it'd be a detriment on guys. You know, you know, I, I've talked about it before, uh, guys like Mariano Rivera who would hold the ball on guys and, you know, the art of holding the ball, you know, when they're runners on base to kind of deceive them and maybe, you know, you know, deter them from stealing one, one, one kind of exception I kind of heard to the rule was the idea of possibly doing it when there is when, of only doing a pitch clock when there's no runners on base. What would mm-hmm. your thoughts be on something like that when it's when it's empty bases? I'm fine with that because yeah. it, especially when there are more pressured situations like that, when there are runners on the bases, you need to give the pitcher time. It's yeah. it's a chess it's a chess match. Ninety percent of the game is up here. You need right. to let the pitcher think what's the best move for me to play against them. And yes, chess has a clock. But it's enough time for the players to still be able to say, okay, what's my best move? Yeah. So I think so again, I think the idea of maybe having like a like a twenty second or eighteen second pitch clock while while there's nobody on base, while it's just like while it's David Price just in his windup just standing there and doing whatever. If you wanna if you wanna, you know, maybe, you know, speed up the game in that aspect, I actually don't hate that as much maybe don't don't i don't want to see like the, the graphic of it on tv say, saying he only has 10 seconds to pitch it if it becomes a thing where if it becomes if he ends up breaking the rules just have the umpire signal time and then do that but you know if it's not taking away from you know what's happening i don't mind it you know have there be a warning first where, where it's like where it's like hey you went over can't do that again otherwise there's gonna be a penalty or like yeah. whatever for it yeah like, or just an automatic ball or something like yeah, that. yeah something like that so if, if there's runners on base, don't like to see it because, you know, that, that does take away from the strategy of the game. But in that, de- in that dead time of where the guy's just in the windup, I think that there is – I think there, you know, could be an advantage to adding that in. Yeah, 100%. All right, we're running out of time. Zoom is cutting us off once again soon. So before we get off, though, I do got to ask you guys, give me one good thing that has happened this week. Adam, what's one good thing? Patriots, baby. Woo! We're armoring up. <laughs> Love to Superman see Superman Cam, Hunter Henry, nah, Jonu nah. Smith, killing it. Let's go. Galen Mills, Matthew Judon, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar has proven he can somewhat catch. We happy. D- Devon he... Godshaw. Wait, who is that again? 
If he can't, if Cam can't win, I will say this: if Cam can't win with this roster, make with the playoffs. The roster make being the armed up. But yeah, uh, to that, to the like, to that standard. Yeah. If they can't at least make the playoffs, then Cam's washed. Get rid washed. of Cam. We we can confirm that Cam is washed. You see, yeah. there's still some fanboys of Cam out there, or at least people who still have faith in Cam, who are yeah. kind of saying, okay, like things weren't great there, and I understand their point, but you can, you also just have to take the eye test. I say, but I mean, I sure, I sure hope I'm wrong. If they roll with them and it works out, then we got ourselves a team here. Yeah, the one mm-hmm. caveat, the one, the one saving grace for Cam that you know possibly could, you know, lead to having a better season is I've compared this recent shoulder injury, which I don't really know too much about with him. I've compared it to almost like a pitcher coming back from Tommy John, where I've been, where I said with Sale early on the show that you know it's likely that he's not going to look like the Chris Sale that we've seen at least until 2022. I'm hopeful that maybe this, that maybe last year was you know Cam hope hopefully just shaking off the rust, and now that his shoulders you know maybe fully healed and whatnot, he can actually get, he can actually get out there and sling it for real. That, but I, I have my doubts, frankly, I think it's going to be rough. I mean, you know, you got some better targets this year, Cam. So the excuses are gone. And if you can't do it after this, I'm not giving you another, I'm not giving you another, you know, grace here. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's where I'm with on that. hundred percent. All right. What's yours? Good thing. Good thing to have this week. Yeah. So actually there was something really cool that I saw. So, you know, if anyone's ever, you know, watched us uh, on down to the wire, you know uh, you know, for, for most people, when they got introduced to the show, a uh, large, large majority, at least it was through the, it was through this thing we did called the quarantine special, which happened right like a month into COVID. We did a Facebook live stream where we had like a bunch of guests on. It was like this really cool event. And that, and it, and it was like, and I was like, Oh, that's like, it was like, that was a cool event we were able to do but we did like record like seven or so episodes beforehand, but we were just like talking to the radio and we thought that those episodes were gone forever. And it was, and it was kind of like, it was kind of like, man, it would have been really cool to like, to see like our first couple of episodes and see how we sounded. Well, luckily we were able to actually go into the archives uh, and we were, we were, we were able to recover five of, our, uh, five of the seven of our first ever episodes, including our first episode. Uh, and we're releasing, we're releasing them in a audio mini series on Spotify called the down to the wire lost tapes. Uh, we have released four of the five so far. The fifth one will be coming out on Sunday, uh, but it's just been really cool to look back and kind of see how far, how much I've grown and how much you know you know my how much my fellow co-hosts have grown uh, on the podcast. It's been really cool. We did another show on Friday where I interviewed uh, where I interviewed a uh, you know student government presidential candidate Brian Brown. Great guy. Uh, I recommend you check out that you check out that podcast. We got some great episodes coming up through the week. I'm hoping to get some more guests on the show just some friends and, you know, hopefully get some athletes in there too. It's been a really good week, man. I, what about you? For me, I wouldn't necessarily say this is good, but we got to talk a little bit about March Madness. Oh, 100%. Usually I'm very, very good with brackets. Mm -hmm. Usually like I picked, I picked when uh, UMBC beat Villanova. I, I picked, was it for Villanova, Virginia? One of those two. I picked that. (laughs) I picked that. I picked the wrong 15 seed. I picked um, Cleveland State, not <laughs> Oral Roberts. And I picked Tennessee going to the Elite Eight. My bracket is so far gone, it's up in flames right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, I like I, – I did this on my – I did this on Wednesday show. Now, uh, while I am a, I'm a very big Villanova basketball fan, I, you know, I actually have some family ties with them, but, you know – I, I don't have a hat for them. So all I can say is go blue, uh, you know, go Michigan, go Wolverines. They are my guys in football. Hopefully they can, you know, get it, get some of the stuff done here in March. Uh, but, you know, you, you know, go Nova, go blue, you know, hopefully, 
hopefully those guys can go far in the tournament. You know, I'd love to see one of them get the chip. Uh, and, you know, just being a Michigan fan, the one time I need Ohio State to win, they pull a Michigan on me and they, and they lose in a very upsetting fashion. It's ridiculous. It was so bad. The wide open three to tie the game to send it to double OT to clanks the shot. That, that's ridiculous. I can't even say anything bad because, I mean, it's only a college kid. No one knows who that college kid is, but that's all he's known for right now. That's going to haunt over him for at least a year now. It's upset. I mean, don't kill him like that. Man. Yeah, Jeez. exactly. He's going to get killed like that by any Ohio State fan. But before we go, Adam, Brian, do you guys got anything you want to say to the people? It's really got like a three and a half minutes left. Yeah, I, you go. Happy St. Patty's Day, I guess. Happy yeah, late ha- St. Patty's Day. Adam, Adam definitely had his fair share of the Irish culture, we'll say. <laughs> Uh, uh, But I guess if there's anything I could say, it's that uh, if you guys, if you guys aren't following uh, down to the wire at this point, I'm going to give myself a little uh, shout out, you know, hate to be the self promo. I mean, you're on the show. You might as well. Shameless plug, shameless plug. Uh, I I do them all the time. Okay. (laughs) hundred percent. But if you guys aren't following down to the wire at this point, you guys can make sure you guys follow us. We're on YouTube and Spotify. Uh, but the, the, uh, the main way we post about all news regarding the show is through our Instagram. You can, you can follow, you can find us on Instagram at down dot to the wire. We have a link tree that goes to all of the other platforms. So make sure you guys go there. Rob, I'll, I'll, Rob, I'll send it back to you to end things off. All right. With that being said, God bless you guys. Thanks so much. Go follow these guys down to the wire, which talks about everything sports and obviously the fumble Brewski podcast, which is a sister podcast of us in the amateur hour sports network. Little Name. sister. Yes, little sister. <laughs> all right. That's all that's that's just weird to say. Actually, no. We won't say that. That's just weird. This hazing right. is just never gonna stop. <laughs> no, it, it? isn't. I need, never to get, I need to get up there. I need you, to once this... once you get a professional athlete, we'll stop. Okay. All right. Doesn't all even right. have to be just either D one college athlete or you know special backup special teams man for like the Cincinnati Bengals. All right. Bill Jaguars. Yeah, whatever you get. All right. All right. That being said, That's we got That's decided. Less... I'm getting Tom Brady on. That's decided. <laughs> <laughs> Happening. With that oh, being said, God. once again, thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure you go check out the merch. Link will be in the description. Link will also be in the description for these two guys' shows. Roll that outro music. See you guys next time.
But you be trying to tell me that it ain't enough for you. I know the deal. You be trying to make me feel like I got somebody else I'm giving my attention to. Baby, slow it down for me. Just slow it down for me. Think about when I go out my way to hold it down for you. This ain't a forever thing. Live it in a moment. I feel it every time when I wake up in the morning. I say, she's a pretty girl. Got me feeling like I made it. You know I hold it down. Yeah, I got it situated. I don't know how to say it. Only I'm faded, baby girl, there's no lie, no lie She's a pretty girl, got me feeling like I made it You know I hold it down, yeah, I got it situated I don't know how to say it, only miss you when I'm faded, baby